home of the stars, through the airwaves and on the big screen. Coming to you live from Hollywood, it's Rated G Radio with your host, Garrett Miller. And I love when you tune in Monday nights, live 7 p.m. Pacific time to Rated G Radio. I'm your host, Garrett Miller. And through this cavalcade of stars we've been parading around in the last couple of months tonight, I am excited to take you back to the origins of the flagship now of the network, Rated LGBT Radio. But a real quick reminder that we will be back next Monday night with my co-host, Mary Lou Monroe Ray. We're going to be plugging everybody's shows in just a second. But following that, next Tuesday, we're going to have a new Journey with Stephanie, her monthly series. She had to postpone that because she had an elective surgery last week. So everybody who has been pinging me saying, where's Stephanie? Well, she's alive and kicking up an anchorage. She will be back next week. I just simply need to program her show, and we will have some magic next Tuesday night, I promise you, listeners, at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome um, my guest VIP mega superstar co-host tonight, Mr. Rob Watson. Rob and I go way back, and I would love for him, because I don't remember, because I'm, I'm now old. <laughs> I, I'm going to turn 29 next year, so it's it's official, folks. But I would love Rob to tell the story of how we first got connected, because quite frankly, I don't remember. But we went on to create a really fun show for a hot minute called Rated LGBT Radio, and Rob would be my co-host every week on Thursday nights until I had to get a job that made my schedule super wonky and I had to leave Rob in the lurches. And so um, Rob has been gracious enough over the last few years to kind of spearhead the network and, you know, do his thing. And we're going to find out what he is doing next. So Rob, welcome to Rated G Radio. How are you? I am great and thrilled to be on here with you. It's great. It's great to have, be back in the partnership. Yeah. The, the, the gang's all back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so uh, and I can fill you in on how we met. How did we? Okay. Uh, so it was where did of, it all begin? Well, it it um, it started with uh, you know I was a was uh, and I'm still doing writing, but uh, I was a blogger on Huffington Post and um, published in a bunch of different publications of LGBTQ New Nation. Gay Star News, Huffington Post, et cetera, et cetera, and, um, and my own blog. And you were doing your thing with your uh, recordings, and um, you'd come out with um, Eyes Wise Shut and, um, you know, that, that EP. Um, and we had several, not just one, but a couple of mutual friends who – kept pointing pointing us towards each other. Um, we had an author friend that was a, a mutual friend of ours that said, you know, hey, you should connect up with Garrett Miller, da 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 and um, you know and and that was kind of how we virtually met. And um I at the time was hosting a local show up here in Northern California on the airwaves, the FCC regulated airwaves called out in Santa Cruz. And um, I had you on that show uh, to talk about your music and all that. And um, we just thoroughly enjoyed each other. And then we, uh, I think you had me on your show then um, a few times. And then after that, you were kind of going, Hey, I want to do this Thursday night show um, and just make it on gay topics. And why don't you co-host with me? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And that was kind of our hour a week. We got to kind of hang yeah. out together. Um, and, um, and off it went. So, well, I, yeah, I, that was, I that totally was... remember your show on out in Santa Cruz. I used to tune in to listen to that and you had great guests, great music, always super fun. And I think now you're, you know, kind of translating that into what you're doing on the Thursday night show. What, tell me about what rated G Rated LGBT radio has become since you've taken over. Yeah, it. Um, 
I, well, at, at a certain point, um, giving up Saturday night, because out, out in Santa Cruz is a live show, and that meant I had to be in the studio, and it was this old-fashioned kind of studio. It's really a shame you never actually saw the, the studio itself because you were always calling in. But it was like a, a studio you would see like in the 1950s or the 1960s. I mean, there's, you know, that type of thing. And they had some more modern stuff there, but like computers and all that. But, you know, it still was very reminiscent of the old-time radio. Um, but it was live, you know, it's like you have to show up, you know, by 10 minutes of seven every single Saturday night. And, you know, it's like, like on, on the, the show that we do, the shows we do, like I've had times when nobody showed up, like a guest didn't show up and I just end the show. You know, it's like, okay, we didn't have a show by only, you mm-hmm. know, it's only going to be 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Off you go. You don't get to do that on live radio. You have an hour, and you have to talk no matter what. And I had a couple of nervous nights there um, in the course of my run. <laughs> but um, anyway, it was it was a it was a good it was a good deal, and I really enjoyed it. And um, you know that was that. So um, long story short, I did decide I wanted my Saturday nights back, and so I gave up um, that show. Um, but I had the rated LGBT show that had taken off. You had left, and so um, what I did, I, I did it by myself for a little bit, had guests on. It would just be me and the guest. Um, and then um, my old editor from um, LGBTQ Nation uh, came out to California, and uh, he is the executive editor and editor of the Los Angeles Blade publication down there in LA. And, um, you know, totally, you know, a, a Rolodex to die for of people, you know, especially in the, you know, HRC, you know, all the big um, gay advocate or LGBTQ advocate organizations. So when something happened, we had connections that we could call up and have on the show that were on the forefront of breaking news, legislation happening in legislatures, you know, everything like that. And so finger on the pulse type stuff. Um, and so uh, Brody, uh, Brody Levesque is, is my new uh, producer's name on the, on the show. And he would essentially take over the lining up the guests for us. I showed up to do the hosting, ask questions, do all that, and um, and then oftentimes after the end of that show, I would then write it up as an article for the LA Blade. So it would kind of do this full circle sort of thing. Um, we course of this, we we got touched by a lot of PR people that were uh, with HBO Max, with uh, Disney Plus, and um, a lot of. Uh, PR people who do independent films and um, a lot of different projects. Plus, when something big came to LA, um, you know, we we've been getting in touch with um, uh, those kind of uh, PR people. So we've had some really great guests on. I mean, I don't want to insult them by trying to define what letter list guests they are. But um, I've had ones like uh, we. I had Marianne Williamson on when she was oh, wow. running for president, you know, and um, that was a, a great show because um, back in the day when she had first started lecturing there in West Hollywood, um, I went to her lectures, but she would have prayer circles at her home. And so I would attend those. And those were only like 30 or 40 people with, before she got super, super famous, Marianne Williamson. And so I kind of, I wouldn't say I hung out with her like, you know, we're sitting across the table breaking bread, you know, sharing war stories. But, you know, I was in her home and, you know, it's like I literally held her hand during some prayer circles and all that. But when she came on the show, I got to share with her a lot of my experience with her in her own home and what that was like and, 
the interview, and people should go back and listen to that interview because it was very much a, you know, pals getting together chatting, me chatting with this person who had been on the stage of the the uh, Democratic debates and, you know, putting a run in for president and her feelings on it. And um, she was totally candid and very down to earth. And it, it was a, just a great time. But we've had different guests like that. Uh, Grayson Chance, who um, was famous for when he was a kid going in the Ellen show, he did uh, uh, Paparazzi by Lady Gaga and, you know, got pulled pulled from obscurity, had a, re- a recording contract when he was younger. And then when he was older, he kind of had a comeback or, or he's having a comeback um, and some really great pop music. But he came on the show um, different uh, 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 independent filmmakers came on the show recently. Uh, it's a film that hasn't gotten wide distribution yet, but when it does, it will be a big hit because it's just an incredibly made movie. Is a movie called Firebird, which is mm-hmm. uh, essentially a gay love I've story that, yeah. um, set in Ukraine. Yeah, and so we had uh, the star of that and the director was on the show. I, I ended up writing up our show, which gave a lot of the background behind the movie. Um, and that article appeared in the LA Blade, went completely viral. My understanding is, well, two things. One, um, Brody was on the phone with the publicist while these guys were on the red carpet at, I think it was at Outfest. And they were literally talking about the show and my article from the red carpet to other people. Oh, wow. So that that was kind of a a cool thing. But I've also understood from other people who've covered their premieres in different cities is they actually printed up the article, and it is one part of their handout packet, you know, uh, on their junket. So, you know, it's like we're getting out there in a lot of places. What a privilege. uh, yeah, and save the drum full for for last because I I don't like to talk about guests that we have coming up because you know especially at that level a lot of times they cancel and you don't end up having them on. But in November, scheduled on radio, LGBT radio, we do have Belinda Carlisle booked. I'm mad about Belinda Carlisle. She's she's awesome. I can't wait to talk to her. Not only is she iconic from you know the the Go Go's, you know she's you know uh, a Rock and Roll Hall, Hall of Famer, um, but she is also the mom of a gay son who has run for office there in West Hollywood. So um, yeah, she's um, I'm excited about uh, talking to her. Well, and didn't her son also so. win? I still have a little research think, to do on that. I think uh, so. I, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's that he's, is amazing. He's great. Yeah. 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 He's he's very active, very aware. Um, I have not met him in person, but um, I'm aware of some of his activities. So it's be fun to hear from a mom's perspective. You know, mom, tell us about your son. What are you thinking? You know. So yeah, yeah. I, I would love to also know about all of her years that she spent in France. Yeah, and apparently she lives in Thailand now. So she's, you know, she she definitely is is living around the world, um, you know, and uh, and she's had some challenges. She she sure. came out in her book about her cocaine addiction and recovery, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So yeah, she's got. There's a lot there. You know, she's got. A lot to talk well, about. I'm, I'll be tuning in for that for sure. And just for for the listeners, so they kind of get an idea when Rob says his article goes viral. He regularly has articles that go viral. But when he says that, it's not just that him and his you know best friend and six other people are reading it. We're talking readership in the millions of readers of his of his articles and essays and blog posts. So Rob has a a great reputation in, as a journalist, both um, in print and broadcast, but also, you know, he's got a great fan base around the country and around the world who regularly look for his works because he does provide such a informed perspective on the topics that he's writing about. So we're very lucky that Rob is joining us tonight. 
Uh, but also oh. on Thursday nights that, um, you know, Rob and Brody are doing the rated LGBT. So now explain how you do the show, because like we're live tonight, but I think oftentimes you guys are doing the show, you tape it and then it's released later on. Maybe I'm off balance on that, but how does that we're, work for you we're, guys? We actually, I mean, to be fair, we actually are live um, when we record it. I mean, people could actually tune in um, at, uh, 2 p.m. on Thursdays and hear us live um, while we're doing the show. We promote the show more as a podcast, and it's for a really (laughs) interesting reason. Um, Brody doesn't like talking to people. I mean, he doesn't like talking to call-ins. So, you know, not to offend any of our, you know, future call-in people who might call in here. I love talking to people who call in. Um, yeah. And I'm used to that from out in Santa Cruz and we get wild calls and, you know, I'm ready for it. Whatever people want to say, you know, I can take it and everything else. Um, Brody, you know, if they call in and they, you know, trigger him right, <laughs> he's not happy. So, oh, um, goodness. Okay. so part of the deal with him was, you know, okay, we will, we will produce just like we, we normally had, which means, that that there is actually a live broadcast people could hear, um, and and some have, um, and uh, but after we get the recording done, um, that's the one we really promote out, so people are hearing it more as a podcast than uh, as a live show. Well, and I I really do kind of like that approach as well. I know that with Rated G Radio, um, in the in the past we've had psychics on, and a lot of the people who will call in still when we're just doing a you know a general interest show, and that's what I would call tonight's show. Uh, they'll want right. to be asking the psychic questions. Will I find true love? Am I going to get a job? You know all of that. And I love those questions, but. I am not a psychic. Rob, you are a pastor, but not a psychic. This is not a psychic call-in show. And so we're just really kind of going through these first, you know, six, eight weeks of shows, letting listeners know, hey, these are who the guests are. These are who the hosts are. And this is the type of show that we're going to get. And frankly, it's, it's funny because if you read the show, you know, info, it doesn't say this is a psychic call-in show. And so even tonight, I had the phone lines lighting up, lighting up, lighting up, and I'm going through the going, <laughs> folks, are you reading the show page? Yes, I'm really excited. Rob's going to be there. Does it say that Rob is a psychic? No. Well, guess what? <laughs> I'll give you a smart-ass answer, but that's as close <laughs> as we're going to get. Oh, Okay. So, you know, it's, it's, and, and there's, for me, it's a time and a place because the, the people that we've had on in that capacity are legit and they do a right. great job. But tonight is not a psychic call-in show. So for everybody who is still, I see you all. So don't pretend I can't see you. I see everybody who calls in when we're live. When we're doing this show with Rob, Rob and I are just chewing the fat, catching up on rated LGBT radio and finding out what's going on in his world, which we're going to talk to him more about in just a moment. I will let you know that if you do have interest in the other shows on our network, of course, we have Rebecca Fisk, who is now doing specials. So we'll have some information on her. Um, Rated LGBT radio starring Rob Watson is Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific. Rated Oz radio starring Mary Lou Monroe Ray. She is producing specials out of Brisbane, Australia. Yes, she is. She'll be my guest VIP co-host next Monday night, which will be, I think, 3 p.m. her time in Brisbane on Tuesday. And then Journey with Stephanie. So we've got all these great shows that have a wide variety of content. I know that they are passionate about what they are doing, the content they're bringing in, and we are glad to have each of them here every show um, that is produced. So we thank you for doing that. But tonight is not a psychic call-in show. So if you want to call in and talk about on-topic things, we will take your calls at 323-657-1493. Otherwise, just sit back and relax. And I do. it is funny because, Rob, you make a great point that you know Brody gets riled up if the callers are calling in off topic or something like that. And I, and I get that because 
we'll have callers that will call in. And even when we have Rebecca on and we say, this is a, you know, a chit chat show and we're going to talk about this or that or the other thing. And they want to ask the question, you know, Rebecca's like, this is my night off. I'm not doing psychic readings tonight. If you want to do that, you can go to my website. Here it is. I'll give you a deal, but you know, here we go. So if you want to call in, we'll love that. But we get most of our listenership from people who are taking us on the go. Now, if you didn't right. already know this, folks, Rated LGBT is on iHeartRadio. You can find the show and listen to us there. You can also find us on iTunes under Rated LGBT Radio. And subscribe, and you get all of the episodes downloaded right to your phone, and you can take it with us on the run. I listen to the show on my iPad on the way to and from work. So as I'm trying to figure out what's going on in the LGBT world, I just tune in and listen to Rob and Brody interview a wide variety of guests, and I'm always up to date. So, you know, if you want to call in live or listen live, we love you for that. But we recognize you're really probably going to be listening Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Another one of my favorite shows that I've I've made no bones about that I absolutely love is Derek and Romaine. And they're really the reason that I wanted to do a show starting almost 11 years ago now. It was really 10 years ago that we started Rated LGBT, Rated G Radio, which morphed into Rated LGBT. And I think I'm on an October 27th broadcast of theirs. We can look at the clock and see it's November 8th right now, but I don't feel bad. They call it time shifting, but it lets me go back and listen at my convenience. So whether you're listening live with us tonight or you're taking us on the road, we just appreciate the fact that you're listening. Spread the word, tell a friend, and I'll even give you the shameless music plug. You can listen to my new album called Blonde Jesus, the musical on your Spotify playlist today for free. I won't even charge you. I've got the links on the show page <laughs> and you can click it there. So Which, anyhow, I love that, by the way. Yes, I got yeah. I got the the uh, pre-release copy, I guess, or the. Yeah. It very much a pre-release copy. So I'm very, I was yeah, very excited to yeah. hand that over to you. And I know you popped yeah. that right in your CD player on the way home back up to Santa Cruz. And it was a pleasure to share that with you. Yeah. Which, and, and I did <laughs> over and Yay. over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so Rob, it's November 8th in less than seven weeks, we're going to be into the new year. So do you mind talking about what you and your family are, have planned for these next seven weeks? Because these are the fastest seven weeks we are going to experience in all of 2021. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I'm not quite sure because um, the my sons, who have been my, my baby boys all these years, um, both will be 19. One is already 19. The other Holy one cow. will turn 19 on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and that's a whole other story. Just my my uh, younger one, um, his birthday is, is late November. And as you know, Thanksgiving bops around, you know, on, yeah. as to the exact date it's going to land. And in his life up to now, um, it has landed twice so far that he his birthday has landed right on the day, on Thanksgiving Day. And this year will be the third time in his life that that happens. Um, so we, I haven't pinned him down on his plans yet on what he wants to do for uh, his birthday. But my, they're, they're getting out there. They're starting to lead their own lives and um, everything else. So it is a little bit, yeah, yeah, so... Um, that, that's a little bit, uh, out there. Um, the other thing is, um, my life is going to be changing significantly as of January 1st. Um, I, a few years ago, um, I got recruited by farmers insurance to become a farmer's agent, uh, for insurance. And, um, you know, I was looking for work and they thought my background was great and, they put me in into this plan with them, and uh, this was during 2018. Um, and so that at the beginning of 2019, that I would take over my own agency, um, that they would give me a seed book of business, and I had goals that you know were supposed to accomplish, um, you know, over the course of the next three years and ramp up to a certain um, new business quota 
as of um, uh, September 2000 or 2021. Um, well, unbeknownst to everyone, um, you know, I, I was ramping up very nicely through 2019, and then boom, the pandemic hit um, in 2020, as everybody's painfully aware. Um, but that closed everything down in terms of what I was doing for the insurance company. Um, short few months into that, my regional manager, who was my mentor and my training me because I was still learning so much, um, abruptly retired and left the company. Um, his boss retired, left the company. Um, so I was really, really cut off and set out there to try to teach myself and learn stuff on my own. Um, so anyway, the insurance company has been fairly frustrating. Um, but I was just talking to a friend of mine who went to a visionary uh, seminar and I was very, very interested in, in what she had. And she, you know, she was talking about visioning and it's like what question out of the visioning seminar was what would I love? Not what would I like to do, not what my goals are. What would I love? And, um, you know, to set your visioning towards what would I love? And, um, so when I was talking to her, I said, you know, well, I would love writing. I would love to be doing my business as writing. I would love to not be doing insurance anymore. So be careful what you pray for um, because heard from farmers, and I had not hit my goals by uh, September 2021, um, and they were relentless on not cutting me any slack due to the fact there was a pandemic, no regional manager, no manager over him, any of that had nothing to do with it. And so as of the 1st of January, I am out of insurance. And instead, I am starting my own company, which is um, going to be based around writing blogs for people's websites. There's a lot of people build websites, they, they get branding, they do a lot of things but they don't have the skills or storytelling to write a blog every week and have it appear on the website. So I'm putting out my shingle to do that for them. So that, nice. that is what, that's what's happening. Well, you've got a lot on your plate. Yeah. And I have to say, um, uh, the response I've gotten to this new business model has been phenomenal and I'm working with um, other marketing branding people who when I've talked to them about this they're going great I have people who need you right now and so I'm I'm excited well we only expect the best from you Rob so you know the bar is not set too high it's just Empire State Building high <laughs> well I'm, I'm aiming for that and um, and the show is actually getting a lot of good attention. There, uh, we just recently got some attention from an interesting place, and I can't talk about it until I know more in five. But let me just say, it could be a serious offer of serious Ooh. proportions. That sounds very serious. Could be serious. Uh, yeah. That would be amazing. So, so I, I, I yeah. just think that anything that's happening. Rob, I know you put all of your heart into it, so I'm very excited for that. So, uh, you know, you said Jesse and um, your other son, they're Jason. kind of out on their own, yeah. and, right? Well, I don't, I'm, hey, you, but Jesse, so is Jesse <laughs> going to be trying to cook a turkey this year, or is he finding the butterball shortage impacting your, his culinary skills? Well, he's not, he's not the cook. Jason is the cook. Is it Jason who's the cook? Um, Jason is the cook, yeah. So, Why do um, I have that? I have that so backwards in my head. Yeah, Jesse is the eater. <laughs> Jason, he okay. Jason's cooking, um, and we'll have to see. Um, I'm hoping Jason will be involved in creating the feast. Whether it will be turkey, I don't know, because uh, turkey is not a big favorite across the board of the uh, the clan. And I'm mm. right now 
I went vegan, edged into vegetarian. Um, I'm not crazy about dairy, but I do want certain different proteins that are not uh, vegan. So I, I do have occasional fish, but I'm not eating meat uh, or poultry or uh, you know any of those things. Those are still out of, of my my wheelhouse. Uh, so we'll see. But um, yeah, but Jason should be. Uh, definitely tapped on to be our culinary mastermind. He is extremely good at what he does, and he's now studying uh, culinary at the local uh, college here. So, I was just going to ask, it's been a hot minute since uh, we've talked about the, the boys, because we're always talking about the show and, you know, what's going on and, you know, how do we get this link working and that type of thing. So how far along is he in his, is he like first year, second year now? First year, yeah, just First just year. started. Okay. Just yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What does a typical curriculum look like for Jason? I'm not totally sure. He is taking uh, nutrition and a couple other classes now. He's a little bit frustrated because he wanted to go in there and just like go into a kitchen and start doing stuff, and mm-hmm. um, it's a little more intellectual uh, stuff than than he's he's had before. So, so there is a lot of academic with it, um, you know, and he's bearing bearing that out. But he really wants to be, to roll up the sleeves and um, actually so you touch see, food and get that going. So, you know, because I've I've seen all of your posts over the years of Jason cooking and it looks delicious. But now that he's taking like the fundamentals of cooking and learning the nutritional balance and all of this fun stuff that's boggling his mind. Do you find him having a different conversation with the family when he's cooking his meals and saying, dad, this is why we do it this way now? Not yet. We've had conversations about nutrition, but he hasn't really floored that or done that. He is, he's gotten very proficient at, you know, when you hand him a recipe, he cuts it right. He seasons it right. He's very precise and very creative. He, he, he sets his plate beautifully and professionally. Um, the thing that I'm hoping he learns is um, more on the taste creative side, and he hasn't gotten to that part yet. Um, what would, which that, is, you what know, would where, that taste like to you? Well, unfortunately, I don't get to taste a lot of his stuff because so much of his stuff is meat-based. But okay. um, it would taste like something where he sits down and rather than follow some, another recipe where he starts designing recipes himself. And, you know, I'm confident that that's in him. Um, um, you know, but that, that's his next step of, you know, creativity in terms of the art of it, I think. Well, I think, you know, you have to learn to walk before you run and, you know, that whole analogy. So that would make sense. But looking at the things that he's presented over the years, I think Jason's been, you know, completely evolving his skills and talents because it looks like you're eating at a five-star restaurant every time you post something yeah. on the Facebook. So, yeah, very cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. And, yeah, and he actually has the skills right now that, you know, if he if he was a sous chef and he walked in and, you know, um, a chef said, here's what we're making. Here's the recipe. Go for it. He's very precise, and he would do it exceptionally, which is, you know, in terms of an employment market, that, that's what he needs to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see, you know, where he can push that, you know, that, that boundary for himself, if he wants to. He may, he may decide he just likes doing it, you know, making perfect food from established recipes. But, you know, I'm, I, one of the things when the boys were babies that was always my deal in being a parent was I'm just excited to see who these people are going to be. You know, mm-hmm. and I definitely guided them on, you know, what my opinion and my standards were in terms of right and wrong and, and humanitarianism and all that. And they're both great guys. I love them just as much as ever. I mean, I've never had that lapse of, you know, what alien took over my child um, syndrome that, that some parents talk about, especially in the teen years. Um, you know, I just, I, I just 
absolutely love them so much. And they're both um, they're both just outstanding humans. And I'm I'm excited to see what they each want to do, what drives them, you know, and and what they want to create. Jesse um, was so willing. I mean, he's he's kind of your um, you know he's gotten into construction. He's gotten into a lot of the kind of he-man-ish kind of skills. Um, but some friend of ours who are makeup artists um, um, wanted him to do a total, total beat-out drag thing for Halloween. And this kid was like, sure. And he did it. You know, he, he let him transform him into a full-on drag queen. And, you know, it was like he was just that cool. I was you know, going to ask you about that because like, I was just like, I don't understand what's going on here because I didn't recognize either of the boys. So I was like, okay, now this makes sense. I thought you yeah, made, yeah. made new well, friends actually, on Halloween. Yeah, no. Well, there's only one of the boys. It was just Jesse and, and Juan, who is the uh, makeup artist who did him, who also was in. Okay, because I didn't drag. recognize uh, anybody in the pictures. And I'm like, okay, this right, all must right. be okay. Yeah. But, but, uh, Jason had to work that night, so that that's part of uh, Jason's. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, your life is never boring. What are you doing for fun? Uh, you know what? Writing and uh, this is, makes me probably a total nerd, but the radio and writing are my fun. You know that that is my most fun stuff. You know I you know I do the rest of the stuff. You know watch shows and all that, but. Um, it's like I just, you know, that's to me the best life. I mean, because I'm watching movies, I'm watching um, stuff, and then I actually get to talk to the people who made it. I mean, it's like that. that's such a, you know. That is super um, fun. So do you have Netflix, Rob? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that enthusiastic answer. What are you watching on yeah. Netflix now? That's my only relevant frame of conversation about TV or movies right now because I have no other cable or, um, you know, service. Okay. Well, on Netflix, one film that is on there right now that people should check out is a documentary. Um, it's called, I think it's called Pray Away the Gay, and or maybe just Pray Away. It's one or the other. Um, but that was that's a, a prime example um a phenomenal film it's getting oscar buzz for you know best documentary you know hopefully for next year um fantastic film that went into the ex-gay movement and a lot of the people who um who have since come out literally you know as gay and lesbian who were in that movement as quote unquote ex gays, and now they are ex ex gays, and um, the film interviewed, you know, these movers and shakers that were behind this movement, and you know, kind of part of the remorse they feel of having been part of it, exposing the 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 fallacies behind it, and you know, the motivations behind it, really tearing it apart. And um, had the director, the filmmaker, on the show. And so that was a, one example of a movie I got to watch that I could watch on Netflix and boom. And, and uh, got to talk to the person who actually made it and, you know, ask all the questions and all that. Um, the, the rest of Netflix um, or next to the streaming, uh, Big Sky I love. Um, I think that's on Hulu. Um, and that one is a David Kelly show. Um, it has in the cast a trans actor or actress, sorry, trans actress, um, who plays a trans character, and she's phenomenal. Um, and um, she's she's a you know she's not one of the the two leads, but she is a main character throughout that series. Um, and that series is is on the edge of your seat. Um, type stuff um going the other way i i've been i've been starting to watch the christmas movies the old christmas movies which sacrilege but i jump in there right after halloween so it's, it's that kind of stuff yeah. what's your favorite how christmas about you what movie? are you watching well i you know i i am so lame rob so 
I, I'll preface this by not that many years ago, but it's been more than a couple. I used to have 65-inch TVs on, mounted on the wall in at least three different rooms of the house. And when I moved to where I've moved to now, which I've been in for nearly seven years, going on seven and a half maybe, I guess, I realized that my life as I know it now does not involve watching a lot of TV. So even last year, I gave away my brand new because I thought, I, oh, I'm going to be watching more TV. I lied to myself. I gave away my brand new 65-inch TV to my dear friend. And I took it over to her during the holidays and said, Merry Christmas, here you go. So she put it up and she loves it and it's great. And I have relegated myself to just watching Netflix. So you think, oh, what was me, you know, trail of tears. So I've got my iMac and my iPad and I've signed up for a Netflix account and all of that. I find that it is impossible for me to get through a single 20-minute episode of anything or a 40-minute, you know, that's like an half hour <laughs> or a 40-minute show, which is an hour show on network TV in one sitting. And I, it's not that I'm so involved in other things. I just don't have the capacity to sit down and, and watch anything. This is one of the reasons I got rid of this brand new TV. I, I think in the six to nine months that I had the TV, I sat down and I watched one third of one movie once. And I said, this is just dumb. And since I also do Airbnb out of my place, it was like, I'm in Huntington Beach. You're here to come to see the beach. You're here for the you know clubs and restaurants and stuff downtown. You're not here to sit and watch TV. So I had a ulterior motivation of getting rid of the TV to discourage people from coming here to sit on the couch and watching TV. So now I have managed to get through several series and I try to find shows that are binge worthy. So that way right. if I watch an episode of something, I can commit to it. And I will tell you the show that I just finished that was extremely painful for me to get through was Manifest, which by the end of the ah. third season, I am hooked, lined, and sinkered for the show. But the first half of the first season, the writing was terrible. We didn't know which direction the plot was going to go. The main guy just, you know, we've got to do this for my son, Cal. He's done. It's like, right, right. I'm just, you're not that good of an actor and the writing is shitty. Pardon my <laughs> French, but there we go. But there were just so, different characters I was just in love with. Yeah. And I said, and the, a lady at work said, just give it more. Give it one more episode, one more. So she talked me through the first season. And when I got through the first season, I was like, okay, I'm hooked. But it took me forever. And so by the end of the third season. Well, okay, I, so. I kind of went the other direction on that because I was hooked on that. Because so we have to tell the premise for people who don't know it. You know, it's like that okay. that that show starts out. You know, people are getting on a plane. You know, they're kissing their loved ones goodbye. You know, as they they get on the plane, um, and it's a series of characters that that are on this plane. The plane all of a sudden hits this very bizarre set of turbulence with lights going out. They all think they're going to die. It's like flashing, and the plane might go down, and da 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 da, and then all of a sudden boom, it, it stabilizes. And then the plane lands and they get off the plane expecting people to go, oh my God, what, you know, you had this weird turbulence or blah, blah, blah. They get off the plane and no, the reaction is totally not what they expected. The people come up to the plane and go, who are you? What, what just happened here? And they're going, what are you talking about? And they're going, and they were checking the plane and they're going, oh my God, you appeared five years ago. We thought you were dead. And dun, dun, dun. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. And so the whole series is then a combination of them re-entering their world, which has moved on five years later. People thought they died five years later. All of those things across the, the lives of these people and the mystery of, what exactly happened. So for me, watching this series, I, I watched probably at least the first year and I think the second, uh, second season. And then I got to a point where I'm going, you know, it's like 
I feel like this is it's sort of like the old Twin Peaks. I don't know if you remember that years years ago, where that again was this mystery that 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 Twin Peaks kept going on and on and on, and because it kept they because it was an ongoing series, they had to make the mystery get more convoluted and mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. to keep the series going. Because if they solved the mystery, you know, show's over. We're done. <laughs> yeah. And so I, 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 that's how I felt about Manic. I felt well, like it kind of started. I will doing give that. you that, Rob. But what I took away from it after the first half of the first season, which I found sufferable, shame right. on them. Yeah. However, yeah. past that, it was like, ooh, this has turned into Aliens, you know, with Jennifer Garner from ABC back in the day, except Manifest was right. an NBC show. So when it started to do some of those twists and turns, I went, now I can get into this as far-fetched and as crazy as this is, I'm willing to take the journey. And I was not before because we just knew that the plane showed up five years later and everybody had moved on. Wah, cry me a river. Okay. Right. So that's me right. being sympathetic. Anyway, so I'm really excited Netflix is going to have a season four and five, or I guess it's an extended season four that's going to be coming out sometime. And then we'll see how that plays out. But what I'm watching now, again, love it, but it's taking me forever to get through a friggin' 40 minute episode. It, it will take me two to three weeks to get through 40 minutes, Rob. And it's a good show. It's a great show. It's called Clickbait. Have you heard of Clickbait? Yes. Um, and I've seen the first two episodes of that. Okay. I, I was, yeah, I don't want to give away what happens to the plot, which is the last that I've seen of it. Um, so, yes, I've, I've seen that or seen the beginning of that, and I've, I, I will have to continue that. Two, a couple just to suggest to you for down on your list later um, mm-hmm. that hopefully will hook you. Um, one, I think it's called uh, The Good Place. Um, okay. Uh, is actually it it does tend to do you know on the later seasons it tends to go get you into a okay where are you guys going with this kind of place but it is intriguing and you from a very from your kind of spiritual things you might actually find this kind of intriguing but okay, there's that check one. it out I'll add it to the um, list but 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 Bridgerton is a must see. I, I have that. I don't know why it's on my list other than everybody who's seen Bridgerton says it's an absolute must. So it's on my list. So at yeah. some point I will get to that and I will be thoroughly entertained. So yeah, that's what I'm yeah. watching on Netflix. Yeah. But so um, I, I, since we're talking about watching, I, I probably should confess my, and I'm going to blame it on the pandemic, but my absolute ridiculous guilty pleasure that I have definitely fallen into and I probably should go look for a 12 step program to, to get me out of this, this, this abyss I have fallen what into. Is the abyss? <sighs> Real housewives. Oh, I confess. Well, I've, which I've, franchise, I've you know, Potomac, okay. Salt Lake, which doesn't have real housewives, Atlanta, Miami, well, Pocatello, Okay, I started with Beverly Hills, and okay. I have, I'm all cut up. Fair. I've seen the the last the last ending one of the most current. So I've there the, every Beverly Hills one done. Um, then after Beverly Hills, I went to New York, and okay. I've followed them through. And apparently, this last season, I was like the only one watching them. <laughs> so so kudos to me, loyal loyal till the end follower. So, um, yeah, so got through all of New York. Um, then I did watch first season of Salt Lake city or uh, Salt Lake. They, um, then they were gone for a while. So while after I watched that first season, I've, I'm now watching the, the current season, but since that one, uh, I, I had watched all that there was at that point. Um, I then said, hey, let's go to the original. I'm going to watch Orange County. So I went right to your backyard, and yeah. I have now watched all of the Orange County ones. So I'm okay. also now watching I'm watching Atlanta. Um, I have not watched Potomac at all. Potomac and um, New Jersey, um, Dallas, those are – I have not seen any of those. 
Well, I think your choice of uh, routing your way around the country is interesting. I think you'd rack up some bonus miles on one of the airlines for sure. What do you think about <laughs> the stunt casting of getting a C or D level actress to be in the show as a, as a quote unquote name to draw in ratings? Like, like which theory actress? Well, like Lisa Rinna. We've got um, the girl that played Tootie on Facts of Life, and then she was on, a, um, you know, that other show on Fox. And I love her, Kim Fields. I love Kim, but yeah, you know, Kim really. Fields, um, Kim and Kyle. Uh, I mean, well, I'm sorry, Fields. Tootie. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing her, so I, I don't have that one. Um, the, uh, uh, Richard sisters are very intrigued mm-hmm. through Beverly Hills, yeah. you know, cause they were well, like top the actresses. Yeah. yeah. When, With when Halloween that, well, and this season, this season, big time connected because Kathy Hilton, big sister is on this last season. And so it's all very, uh, you know, and Kyle Richards has, reignited herself i mean she was in the the latest halloween movie right um you know broke her nose and uh yeah yeah and uh uh you know totally mega mega millionaire now herself um so what do you think about uh, erica jane on that nonsense Uh, you know what that is a very good question because it's you know it it having watched it all the way through I mean, it's like you do feel like Erica Jane is my pal. You know, what are they doing to my pal? And um, this last season, of course, the it was sort of a two-edged thing because on the one hand, I feel like not her necessarily, but the show itself totally leveraged that situation. They, mm-hmm. they made the hit of this season that. I mean, that was the, the, the thing behind it. Um, I totally think she was in the dark on everything because that has always been what you've seen of her on that. Um, on the other hand, she could not have probably picked a better PR place to plead her, her side than what she did in reality TV this year because it really is – I mean, I walk away believing her. Um, so interesting, Rob. He, he he ran the 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 deal, you know, and um, I don't think he would have let her see that. Um, his finances were so complicated, even on things that that were set up that were quote unquote her businesses. I mean, she was an entertainer. She wanted to get out and dance and be beautiful and be glam and be on a reality uh, show and all of that. And I don't think she had patience and and not that anybody's letting her, but I don't think she would have had patience to sit down and go, you know, explain to me how the money's flowing here. Um, Right. It just doesn't seem in character for her to, to be concerned with all that. Let me ask you this, because one of the famous scenes in all of this last season and i'm going to be honest i'm not a regular watcher but i've seen the clips is when right. her dollar 99 mascara runs like a river of molten lava coming out of pompeii and she just looks like she is so downtrodden Rob, I have to tell you that when I saw the clip of this, it was like these crocodile tears and your cheap-ass mascara just make you seem like you are not genuinely believable. Your thoughts? Um, In context, because there are so many, you know, that is not what you saw all season of her. Um, you saw her lash out. You saw her um, uh, saying things very guardedly. You saw her in in unmakeup moments. You saw her in in all of that. Now the running mascara, she did get called on in the um, reunion show. By the way, any of these shows, if if you don't have time to watch the show, just watch the reunion show because they play the whole thing and they get down to the real 
um, behind everything in these reunions. Yeah, it's like they, you know, it's like you see behind the curtains, you see everything. Um, but she got called on that. It's like you usually wear waterproof mascara. So how, when you were having how a commercial thing, all of a sudden you, you have 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 runny mascara? You know, was that done for effect? And she, in a very believable way, said no. It's you know we were in Palm Springs and didn't have my glam squad, and I just threw on that, and, you know, it just happened that way. Mm. And, you know, all that was true, because when that happened, she was like, you know, I think she was, they were out on a rock in the desert or whatever, you know, doing a little hike type thing. Um, she, her guardedness seemed absolutely plausible because I'm sure she had lawyers trying to tell her, you know, you know, don't you dare say this or don't you dare say that. So, you know, and they're, they're sitting there. That's part of the thing of the reality TV. They're sitting there trying to be oblivious to the fact that they're being filmed. And that's part of what they're, they are creating as the reality. But they are sure. living real lives in front of these cameras. And, you know, I'm not naive as to, to that going on. But you sort of see that mechanics going on in her head like, you know, I'm having a real conversation. I'm trying to be completely candid with who I'm talking to, but I have to remember this is being recorded. So, you know, it's like, and, and this could end up in, in a courtroom, you know, if I'm not careful. So there's a little edge of real guardedness and she does explain it. Um, and okay. I think legitimately. Um, so we've she, got three minutes yeah. left, Rob. So we'll we'll give Erica Jane the benefit of the doubt. So go team <laughs> Erica. So out of all of the reality shows that you've watched, again, three minutes and counting before we wrap up tonight's scintillating program, what conversation or what scenario have you said, this is a bunch of crap? Because you can't have believed mm. all of them. Um. I don't, there's a lot in a, a lot of them that I don't necessarily buy um, there. And a lot of them come out in, like I said, in these reunion shows, you, you kind of get the sense of which ones were crap and which ones weren't. Um, uh, Orange County had a lot of moments that, um, you know, it, it's not so much that they were crap, like they were being acted, but, they were definitely setups, mm-hmm. um, and I, it seemed like a lot of times they were set up by one person trying to set up another person. And quite frankly, I think the people who are being set up walk into it because the they're, they're, this is what partly fascinates me about these shows is that they um, drama. If there's conflict, if there are these things that happen, that actually gives longevity to that person staying on the show. Because the people who are nice and solve problems and, you know, damp everything down and make everything okay, they're not Blah, the blah, season. blah. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. the wet blanket. Yeah. We want to see so, the so, fights and evening gowns. Yeah, and... so, so that's where my bullshit meter comes out is like, you know, some of these setups are, you know, they're, they're people looking for job security. Got it. Okay, so with that, yeah. everybody, this is going to wrap up my rapid fire hour of power with Mr. Rob Watson, host of rated LGBT radio. You can catch him live every Thursday at 2 PM Pacific time. Of course, on the replay, we are live tonight. We'll be back next Monday night with Mary Lou Monroe, Wright. She'll be live from Brisbane, Australia, and she hosts rated Oz radio. And then we'll be back next Tuesday with Stephanie Gerard for journey with Stephanie it's a pleasure to have you here. Rob's going to be back next month in December. We're going to maybe talk about more housewives. We've got other LGBT issues we're going to be bringing to the forefront. And if you want to talk about them, we want to hear from you. So please call in and we would love to take your calls. Tell a friend, telegraph, and um, tell, tell a, who else are you going to tell, Rob? I don't know. Ghostbusters? Okay. Everybody, have a great night. And we'll be back live next week. We sure appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. Enjoy your night. Thanks, Rob, again. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Rated G Radio.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.